Bible, please, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1. We're going to read uh, a number of verses here, and we're not going to read a couple of the more juicy parts, but um, we're going to focus on two factors for our world today, and it might help to explain a little bit of what, what Les was just talking about, what we all see that is happening not only in our nation, but in, in many other places around the world. So Romans chapter 1, we're going to read from verses 17 through 25 and then verse 28. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. I think that's wonderful. That's a good one. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And then verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. We want to talk today about three factors. The first is God giving them up. Second, we want to talk about what a reprobate mind is. And thirdly, we want to talk about convenient. Okay? So I think that understanding these in the Word will give us a, a better grasp of some of the things that we have felt. Now, I don't know what you do, but when I hear things or read about things or even see things that are going on in our country, I have two feelings that usually come. First thing is I think, that's ridiculous. That is not right in any way. And we could list a whole lot of things that are, are going on that we would think that. And the second is, Father, and I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but I think, Father, how, how are you allowing this? What is in your purpose? Why, are, why is this happening the way it is? And when I was praying yesterday and then early, early this morning, uh, the Lord just kept bringing me to this verse about professing themselves wise, they become fools. Um, and, and I think that we see a lot of that, not only in our country, but around the world today. 
people who talk about how smart they are, how wise they are, how, how experienced they are, and then decisions that they're making just openly, not from any point of political perspective or any agenda, you just think, well, that don't make no sense, no how. That doesn't make any sense. That is foolish. You're professing yourself to be wise. We need to trust this. We need to trust the science. We need to trust this guy. We need to trust that woman. We need to trust all these things. And what they're saying doesn't make any sense. And then months later, they fess up and say, well, you know, we said this because, you know, we didn't want to alarm anybody or we just wanted to have, uh, you know, everybody doing the same thing. And we knew that it really wasn't right. We've heard that said I don't know how many times over the past few months. Haven't you heard that? I have. Maybe if you haven't heard it, you've not been paying attention. Professing themselves become wise, they become fools. And so I was thinking that, and I thought, well, I can't, I just think this way with the Lord. When I'm trying to process what he's saying, my mind says, well, I can't, that's not the message of the day. This is the hook that you've hooked me to. But the message of the day is really something else. So I noticed that three times in this passage, the Bible says that God gave them up. And I wondered, uh, those three times, the first one speaks about uncleanness or desire to live a filthy life. The second is about lust. And the third is about a reprobate mind. So you have three of those, God giving them up. So I thought, oh, okay, that's very interesting. So what does giving them up, what does that mean? Now, when I researched the, the, the roots of this word, give them up, or gave them up, is paradidomai. And in the ancient world, this was used in a lot of ways. It, it first of all, happened when somebody or a nation decided they're going to do a certain thing. In a positive way, this word is used to describe how Jesus, how God gave him up for the purpose of dying for us so that we might be redeemed. So the Lord, in that economy of God, agreed to do this. And once he agreed to be that, you know, God's search couldn't find an intercessor. He his own self, you know that. And then God could give him up, release him. But here, God is giving up mankind because of uncleanness, lust, and desire to be reprobate. What does give them up mean? So it's established that whoever is being given up has to have set their mind to be given up. So that's the first thing. But here's how this word was used throughout society. It was used, first of all, to speak about um, receiving a message from Olympus or from some god. Uh, secondly, it was used to uh, surrender yourself to a particular thing. It was also to discuss um, how they would deliver a message to to someone and how that would spread, you know, like if a messenger was coming, they would run as far as they could or go by horseback, like kind of like the Pony Express, and then they would convey that message, and then that was spread, and then that was spread, and that was spread. So 
to deliver the message. That's kind of like social media now, you know? Part of the giving up of God is the fact that this uncleanness, this lust, and this reprobate thinking is being delivered and sub-delivered over and over again. It was a, a teacher who would give over their ideas or their proclivity or what they thought. We're seeing a lot of discussion about that now, isn't there? Parents want to know, okay, and, and, and another part of that was if, if a mother in a house was giving their child over to a caregiver, maybe somebody who comes in to help them, or maybe somebody that they hire as a nanny or, um, or, uh, or, or some, some type of contracted labor to, to care for the child. That mother giving the child over was there. See, that, those last two are, have been big discussions across our country over the past two years, especially since the COVID thing revealed to parents whatever you feel about what's being taught, and parents are thinking, you know what? I sent my child to learn this, and you're teaching them that. You're teaching them things that I don't like that I don't think are right. It's not being me being backward. I just don't think that's right. And so the whole battle over entrusting a child and a teacher bringing a word is part and parcel to what this paradidomi was used over and over again. It was used in society. Um, then it was also the handing down of traditions from one generation to another, not just tradition, but the identity of a nation, the identity of a kingdom. You know, like you see like a nation like Switzerland who prides themselves as being very astute money managers and, and prosperous. And they, they train their people how to keep representing that through the generations so that people that trust being able to invest there or to safeguard their money there, um, that it's, it's a consistent thing. They don't just get some kind of a wild hair idea. Hey, you know what? We've done this for hundreds of years. Let's do this. You know, I heard about this thing on the internet that we could sell our money into. Let's just turn the whole Swiss economy there. No, no, no. This is handed down, and, and that's why they are kind of the bank of the world in a lot of ways. I'm just picking on them. But, you know, what is, what is supposed to be? What is a societal norm? Not some perversion, not some um, thing that puts one group over another, but what does this nation represent? What does this nation represent? We are supposed to represent uh, being a, a voice for freedom, we're supposed to be representing a voice for um, the American way, you know? How many things over the past, in my lifetime, have we seen, and again, I'm not talking about perversion or subjugating one group over another, but how many things in our lifetime that made America what it has become as a champion of the world have just been flushed down the drain? You know, I was thinking about, you know, this business with China and how many places they are already active in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, the Monroe Doctrine, which was established, I think, in 1823, has just been, whoosh, it's gone. And remember what that meant. That said, you know what? We're going to safeguard the, the Western Hemisphere between the Atlantic and Pacific all the way down. No other nation is going to come in here and dominate 
We're going to save. We're going to preserve the identity of the nations in South America. We're going to preserve the identity of Mexico. We're going to do our best with England to preserve the identity of Canada. But we're not going to let the Ruskies come in here. We're not going to let anybody else come in here. That was the Monroe Doctrine, in case you were sleeping during history class. That's gone. Kaboom. Gone. Not that we're trying to dictate anything, but now it's just gone. And so you see this giving up. This doesn't just mean the United States. This is happening all over the world. You know, so many nations are losing their, the, the godly identity that God gave them. And they're almost unrecognizable now. They're almost unrecognizable. Seems that the only ones that have preserved their, their whatever their identity, whatever their agenda is, are those that are autocracies. Those that you better do this or we're going to kill you or put you in a concentration camp, which is our buddies in China. Now, again, I, we, we traveled to China. The Chinese people are lovely people. They were just wonderful, loving people. So I'm not saying anything at all against the Chinese people. But that government has an agenda. And if you just pay any attention at all to what President Xi says and what his military leaders say, they are not bowing in friendship saying, come on, we want to be your brothers. They're saying, we're going to take over and we're going to dominate you. That's what they say. That's not what Ronnie's saying. That's what they say. And so they're pretty much locked in. But for the most part, just about everywhere else, they don't know who they are. There's a whole lot of giving up going on. And because of uncleanness, not honoring God in the midst of the blessing that God has given. We just read it. And this has happened over and over again. You want to talk about how Rome fell? Now, the, the jury's out on whether they were really established by God, even though God used that to extend Christianity in the early days, then it was perverted. That's an interesting history in itself. But the point, though, is, is that every society that has grown up and fallen has been because of this pattern. Soon they lose their identity. Soon they, they welcome uncleanness, whether they, whether they worship God or not. They welcome a lustful pursuit, and then a reprobate mind comes. That's the progression. It's a threefold progression, and those are all the give-ups here in this, in this expression. So we see a wholesale giving up of the, the, what our children are being taught, what our society believes, what made this country into the, the most prosperous, the most blessed civilization that the world has ever seen, whatever you may think about the foibles of America, I think that, you know, that goes beyond saying God has blessed America. But now, you know, so many of the people in America don't even believe in God. I mean a large percentage, don't believe there is a God. They don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. They don't want to have anything to do with the Word. Even a lot of churches today don't believe in the Word anymore. And they tell you that they don't believe in the Word. So it, there's, there's, a, there's a widespread abandonment of the things that we know are essential for any civilization, especially any civilization that wants to honor God, 
There's a widespread abandonment of that. And, but, but my point is, not only for a point of understanding, but what does this mean for us as believers? If God is the one that's giving it up, it's not like, yeah, there, obviously this is a demonic, this is a demonic plan. Um, but the enemy didn't come in and upstage God and just take over. God said, I'm watching this. I've been watching this. Boom, 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 those three, I'm giving you up. So um, there's, there's, a, there's a release by God, and it affects what people believe in, in regard to uh, the spirit realm. Uh, it, it, it affects how the children are taught. It affects governmentally. Um, what, what is embraced to make the country strong. And it's because people in the midst of their blessing forgot that it was God who blessed them. And so, but for an intercessor, and we're going to get to these other two points, and I'm watching the clock. I can do it quick. Not that anybody's give me the, the wrist sign. Um, of course, you don't really have to do that anymore. You've got iPads and phones that tell you what time it is. You can look at your clock without me even knowing it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that for us, we can recognize as believers, as lights in this world, why God gave them up, why God gave them into their own devices. And we can say, for us, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. We see that these three things are there, and we can say, Father, I, I want to stand for righteousness. I want my passion to be devoted to you. And I want this, or what we're going to talk about next, I want this retro, reprobate aspect to not be my light. And I, I ask, as you know, in Second Chronicles 7, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, then will I hear, and I'll heal. We, we have to recognize that this, right here, is what unlocked the door to all the nonsense that we're seeing. Maybe not all the nonsense, but a good portion of it. And we can go before the Lord and repent of these things, and say, Father, you gave them up, but I'm one of them. So, as far as I'm living in this nation, I'm your child, but I'm living in this nation. I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. But we want to honor you. We want righteousness to be exalted. And that may be a key if you recognize that this is an influence. Then it might be a key to us saying, God, I know it's going downhill. Some of these people are not going to change. They just don't want to change. We're not going to force them to change. You cannot legislate religion or morality. We wouldn't want to try. But, um, but we ask you, we repent of this. We repent of uncleanliness. We repent of lust. And we repent of our willingness to bring in a reprobate mind. What does reprobate mean? This is really interesting to me. You know, I, I, we'd hear that term tossed around throughout our life. You know, that guy's just a reprobate. You know, you just say that, and you always just knew, not anybody in here, but uh, you always just knew that that meant this guy's a scallywag. I do not understand this scallywag. Um, you, you, you recognize it just means somebody that's just derelict in the head. You know, he's a reprobate. You know, we bless him. I know God loves him, but don't trust anything he says. He's just a reprobate. You know, you'd say this word. What does that word mean? 
it, it was used to describe something that was not tested but was put into place as if it was tested. It was used if somebody that came into office, and I don't mean anything political by this, I'm just giving you the term. I'm just giving you the term. Somebody that somehow got into office, but they really didn't qualify to be in office. Um, it was, uh, see my scribblings from four in the morning in the dark. I should have rewritten these, but boy, we had a lot of stuff to do this morning, haven't we? You know, this means to not test something. And in, and in 1 John, it speaks about trying the spirits. And it's the same root. So, you know, somebody that's reprobate is somebody that is really not legal, but and somebody that says they're one thing but are really something else. It's not even being a hypocrite. It's not even being a hypocrite. It, it's, it's somebody that's been put in a position, and then you recognize this person does not know what they're doing. You know, I could think of lots of illustrations, and I, I said I'd watch the clock, but I, I've got to say this one. One time we were in, uh, we were in, in France, and we ministered at a conference, and then, you know, the way out of the south of France is you either have to go on a flight to London and out, or you get your way up to Paris and go out from there. Now, the Benichons go through Marseille, but us English-speaking people, we don't know any better. Those are the two ways we go. So we made it back up to France, and Monica and Nancy and Vicky Sparrow were, were the team with me. So we get, we're in Paris, and we got to go to Charles de Gaulle to fly out. So we hired, we, we paid to go on this shuttle service. And this, nothing against the Vietnamese, but because my doctor is a Vietnamese. Um, it's like you, place you're hearing. <laughs> Next time you got a sharp instrument coming at me, I'm blessing you. This guy, you know, because the Viet Vietnam, they speak French, and so there's a lot of Vietnamese people there in Paris. So this guy pulls up in this van, and there are other people in the van. Somehow I'm sitting up in the front seat with this guy. Well, this guy, after we'd gone about two blocks, I recognized, I don't know whether I'm going to have to grab the wheel from you or not, but you sure don't know how to drive this thing. Anytime he would come up to any kind of traffic or anything that was a blockage or something, there's a lot of that in Paris, he would throw his hands in the air and he'd go, ah, <laughs> he would do that. Am I telling the truth? Am I? Yes, I am. So you, 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 you read that verse, watch and pray. We were watching, and we were praying. Of course, it would, sometimes you just wanted to close your eyes, but you, you wanted to keep watching. So this guy somehow got that job. Somebody gave him, uh, you know, we used to say, where'd you get your license, at Walmart or Kmart? Now, I don't know where this guy got his license. I don't know. I don't know. But he was not a driver and we just thank God that we made it there safely we got out of that van got our suitcases I thought thank you Jesus but you know that's what reprobate kind of means I'm not calling that man a reprobate but um, it's somebody that is in a position that really is not qualified to be in that position now I think over the last 10 years no matter who you are or what your political viewpoint is 
I think that we can just all look around over the past 10 years and think, how did that person get in office? What, what, did, what do they, do they know anything at all about the department that they're heading? The whole area in our country that they're responsible for is going to hell in a handbasket. And it just looks awful. You can tell it. You can tell from the store shelves. You can tell from this. How did this person get in that department to supervise this? Now, maybe you've never felt that before. Maybe you've never thought about that. I sure do, because I try to keep in touch with what's going on in the world. And I think, okay, now, why is this falling apart in our country? Who's in charge of that? And this, this isn't the, just the current re, uh, administration. This has been going on for decades. Because America has been uh, in decline for a long time. And I, I'm smiling about it, but it's just been happening. I've, you've watched it it's ever since I was a little boy. I think, good grief. It's like what Les was saying. Kids can't even go out and play. You know, I, I used to leave the house as soon as I got out of school. And... Uh, after I'd walked home in 10 inches of snow or two feet of snow, and I was gone until darkness and my mom be hollering for me to come in. Now when the twins come over to play, I sit in the chair and watch. I watch everything they do. I don't want them to be any way suspect. People come flying into our cul-de-sac, snatch one of them and go, I'm watching them. That was never the case when we were growing up as kids. I mean, that's just one part of society that is just cratered. And, you know, so, and, and what does it say there? Paul, the apostle, is just giving us, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. What is not convenient? Well, that, that's an interesting term, too, because um, it speaks about, you know, we speak about convenience, and I guess you can apply that to what this word really means, you know. You know, boy, this is really convenient because I came up with this and boy, it just opened and I needed it. This is speaking about something that is um, at the time, something that is needed at the time, something that would be the prudent or wise decision at the time, and the reprobate mind does the opposite. It does the exact, in responding to that moment, it does a thing that exacerbates the problem. It doesn't do any solution. In fact, it, even, it doesn't even preserve the status quo. It does the wrong thing, which then we better pray over Chairman Powell and his management of the, of the uh, interest rate hikes. God, just give a dollop of wisdom. Oh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But there's a lot of decisions that are made, and you think, you know what? If you just hadn't done anything, things would be a whole lot better than the decision you made. Did you ever counsel somebody, and, and you think, you hear what they did in response to a problem, and, and you're thinking, well, I can think of about 10 things that I wouldn't have done in that situation. And the one you chose was screaming at the top of the list. What were you thinking or were you not thinking? And after you go through that process instantaneously, then you say something pastoral. You know? 
So a, a reprobate mind, somebody or something that's in power or in control, and this can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be in government. It seems to be everywhere um, where you think, how did you get this job? How were you put over this? Why are you driving this van? Why are you driving this van in Paris? I don't even want to drive in Paris. How are you driving in Paris? And lifting your hands and screaming does absolutely no good to the person in front of you. It doesn't clear them out of the way. In fact, it all makes us shudder. Um, and, and then you see that reprobate will act at a time where a wise decision needs to be made, but something ridiculous is done instead of what should be done. So you read this first chapter of Romans, and you can read a lot of other spicy things in there. I didn't read them because I knew we didn't have time to talk about it. We probably shouldn't anyway. But we hit this thing where three times God gives them up, and it tells why he gave them up, and it tells the areas of society where that is happening. The third one is this reprobate. So you've got, you've got uncleanness, lust, and reprobate. You've got just filthiness, anything goes. You've got people that are investing passions in bizarre and ungodly ways. And you've got governmental and leadership things that are just not making any sense. Those are the three give-ups here in, um, in Romans 1. And we're living in this world. Only God can change this. Maybe this is the darkness and the gross darkness. Um, and so since it's God that gave them up, it doesn't say that there was a power struggle and the enemy took control. God watched this. Yeah, and they were dabbling with the enemy. But God watched this, and he surrendered them to all three of these things, to uncleanness, to lust, and to reprobate governments or reprobate decision makers or people who have control of things. And it doesn't just have to do with government. It can do with anything. This is God's word. I'm not making it up, and I'm not preaching, I'm not preaching politics here. I'm talking to intercessors. So where does this leave us? Well, first of all, we've got to figure out, Father, since you're obviously in control of this, and it says that you gave this up, that means that you can also adjust it. You can draw some of it back. One of the things about the word is that you find in the Old Testament where it says God repented of a thing. And we've talked about this. It doesn't mean that God changed his mind. That's not what's there. Because if God's changing his mind, then we're all in a peck of trouble. You know? God doesn't make mistakes. But where it says that God repented of a thing, it uses that necham term, and it speaks about being in commune with somebody, and God brings a, a point of covenant agreement, and God adjusts the flow of what he's ordained to happen to accommodate his purpose and his people. That's what happened with Noah. The world was going down the drain. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall the end time be. But Noah was comforting the Lord, and God repented, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and God brought victory in the midst of all that darkness for his people. Right? Isn't that what, isn't that what happened? And so we have, we have this going on, 
And we as intercessors recognize that this is what's going on. And the big three, uncleanness, lust, and reprobate governings. Um, those you can process. But we need to go before the Lord and say, as for me and my house, we're standing before you for purity as much as we can, holiness. We're standing for our passions being given to God and not selling them out to, to become what the world wants. And we're, we're believing that God, regardless of what's being decided on our behalf, that God is the ultimate choice. And we can pray for our teachers, for godly teachers. We can pray for the places that our children and grandchildren are, are in, in school. And we can say, Father, you gave this society up for these things, but my child, my grandchild belongs to you. They were dedicated to you. You created them, and I declare over their life that you are putting a, a surrounding of your spirit, and you're going to guard over them so that these things will not find a place in them. These things, these false teachings, these ideologies that are being interjected into innocent kids' lives, that they will not find a place into the ones that you've given us. And that you would free those, that you would awaken other parents, because this battle is a spiritual battle. And as long as it is God that gave it up, because of the actions of these people that God saw, God has the authority in that thing to make an amendment or to interject. Do you understand that? Now, if it was the enemy that came and took control, we'd be talking about warfare. We'd be talking about making declaration. We would be talking about casting down. But this is still in the purview of God. Of course, everything is arguably. But it just matters on how we deal with things. I don't know what to do about the, I, you know, I think about Brazil. We talked about it. And I think, look, you look at the track record of the guy that's running against Bolsonaro. That guy, if you look in the Brazilian Webster's Dictionary, he would be, I better be careful, if he wins, well, you can figure it out. We just need to know, be wise. See, I, I don't know how I'm going to call you to the altar for this sermon. Tammy, find a really good hymn to play. That'll, that'll get him going. Maybe we do a real quick audible at the line and start talking about something that gets people crying, and then they'll come to the altar. This is information for you as an intercessor. Maybe it explains part of what you see going on in the country or in the world that you don't understand. The people of the world has decided to do this. And we said this a number of years ago, didn't we? I guess back in 2015 going into 16, and all the vitriol that was going on before that election, and I got up here at the pulpit and I said, I am stunned at what I'm hearing. I had no idea that so many millions of people in our country believed in this way. I'm stunned at what they say they want this country to follow. I just, maybe I was asleep. I mean, this is a long time coming. This springs out of the children of the 60s and probably even before that, 
where uh, there was an undermining in our college campuses and the training of teachers and somehow there's been a demonic flow of, of what we see today so organized I remember when Katie was used to teach and she'd come home and talk about a lot of what her friends who were teachers there believed and and I thought and I said this and this is at a Catholic school this is this is at a Catholic school these teachers believe these things that just are not only not Catholic but are just to say it was atheistic would be putting a bow on it I mean just demonic and evil so what we're talking about this uncleanness and this this filthy passion and rep reprobate type of thinking and knee-jerk reactions for the moment that that cow left the barn a long time ago but there's hope if we see that God saw this and he gave them up we are God's people and and I, I think that the spirits gonna give us understanding as to how to pray because as we repent of these things God will also make a way of escape and God will also set the stage for his spirit to move in behalf of people that have not dedicated themselves to wickedness but people who have dedicated them who are who are really wanting purity and who, who might really want the Lord so you process this and I don't really I wish I could say well if we bind this if we rebuke this if we loose this if we if we declare this and decree that that maybe all of a sudden what we want to happen that we believe God has shown us will happen I gotta warn you against that too because that's almost kind of like a pneumatic witchcraft and you can't you cannot you cannot declare something just because you think this is what should happen you read through the Bible how many turns and curves and valleys and highs did God take his people through to get to the end result it's the end result that we've got to believe for not just the the nitpicky stuff here that or there that if we just think well if we do this it'll be this way I think we've learned over the past number of years that no amount of prayer is going to make what we think should happen in some ways happen so we're always going to be serving what the throne of God wants we always have to keep our eyes on the ultimate promise but this shows us something that I think we need to be aware of as we're praying it gives us it gives us hope concerning what God has ordained in the midst of a society that largely seems to have abandoned God not only abandoned God that one full bore into the demonic camp how can God move in that and and so much of the enemy things that we deal with in in intercession and warfare remember everything has to do with authority and relationship you remember that everything in the spirit realm has to do with authority flow and and relationship with God and if if you're talking authority flow you need to know the legality of what God has kept control over 
and what what um, what we need to intercede for to to gain control at his at his uh, at his bidding but this is this speaks about every civilization that has fallen this is a, a divine treatise in Romans 1 we're seeing it manifested in our world today we're seeing it manifested in our nation today and perhaps there has never been a time when so many nations so many civilizations at one time are all falling in this pathway um, and I, you know I think about this uh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be done I keep saying it <laughs> but I, I was you know Les mentioned that Bonhoeffer book and so I was rereading it and I was struck by because I hadn't read it for I don't remember how many years great book it was talking about how the Nazis were systematically not only making plans to get rid of the Jews but to destroy the church and their plans to destroy the church because they hated the church they said the church was the one thing that would separate national socialism from from gaining strength and I was reading that and I thought ding ding every one of those points is what's been happening in our country over the past many years every one of them and I thought God you know if when Hitler rose and you know the allies the allied nations opposed him and Uncle Joe finally opposed him uh, not Joe Biden but Stalin perhaps they're interchangeable in some ways um, but the United States was always there you know over there over there send the word send the word I sound like Ethel Merman for the Yanks are coming or is that Jimmy Cagney I don't know but if the United States just abandons the Lord and a crisis comes who is there that's going to stand geopolitically what military is going to rise up to go across the seas and do whatever needs to be done to defeat that enemy so you can see where our world is and but God says this in his word and I know I'm seem like I'm rambling here there's just so many things the Spirit is saying and I end I truly do end not like those other times when I was just just threatening um, threatening to end this gives you some kind of an idea of what's going on in our world just from Romans 1 this also shows you that those three facets we have we have the ability to go before the father and to nacham with him about what's going on and we can safeguard our household just we're not going to be able to remove them totally from it but we can pray that as some of you i know you've got grandkids you're concerned about them they're in the thick middle of, of, of a lot of, of the devices of the enemy. Can God listen to you because of your heritage? And can you beseech the Lord to, to preserve them even in the midst of this? I believe you can. I believe you can. If you know the Father and you recognize that this is something that was not taken from him, something that the enemy did not make an agreement for, God just release them to their devices you can pray 
And, and this gives you footing to intercede. It gives me footing as I'm repenting for our country. It gives me legal footing here, according to what the Word says, to believe for a visitation of the Spirit, that, that the enemy didn't win this. People chose to abandon God, but we're choosing to embrace God. And so we ask that this would be, righteousness would be exalted to a degree. It's still going to end up, in the end, with what Revelation says. But we have this window, and we can believe as for us and our household, and we can believe before the Lord that God's going to do a work. I'm just praying that the enemy doesn't, the enemy always tries to press past what he, I'm still ending, press past what, what he thought, um, you know, what, if you give him an inch, he'll take two miles. And he's, he's going to try to corrupt things so badly that the window that God has given us is going to be closed quickly or diminished. I, th I think we can speak into that reprobatism and say, no, no, you're, you're pressing this before the time. You cannot do this. And, or even, even if this happens, it will not have the strength to resist what God wants. See, we've, we've got to step in as intercessors into a greater degree of understanding of the principles of the authority God has given and our relationship with God based on what our mission is. So we have to know that this gives us this. And I ask you to read it, do the study for yourself. This gives us tremendous latitude as to how to pray. And, but, but it really does clarify what we see going on. Elections aren't going to solve this. Going down to City Hall, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, and waving a banner or signing a petition is not going to solve this. This is a spiritual scenario. Amen? So, I know it's an odd message for us to, um, um, to come to communion table for, but based on the fact that we are ready to, to go forward, now, and we're, we've talked about this for this weekend in our intercession this week, I believe that we, we need to receive of the grace of the Lord, this table of grace, his, the sprinkling of his blood, and we need to receive the bread of commune with God and the fresh insight that comes from the Father. And so I believe that God is going to be imparting to us as we receive from this table. And so, ladies, I don't know what you have in mind for this. Did you want them to go ahead and come, or did you want to minister?